Hello and welcome back to High and Tight on Game Time CT. I am Scott Erickson. We are joined, as always, by Pete Waga. Pete, how are you on this uh, rainy Wednesday? I'm good. Uh, I'll be honest with you. It's nice to kind of have a washed out day, if we're being honest with you. Um, got my second shot this morning, so I'm. Oh, congratulations! Prepared. Thank you, thank you. Finally, we're almost there. Um, but it's kind of nice that it's going to rain today and tomorrow, and I, <laughs> I, I might yeah. not be able to do much. Um, you'll so be in kinda, bed tomorrow. Yeah, selfishly, tomorrow. selfishly happy about that. So I'm, I'm staying hydrated. I have my water. I got Gatorade. Um, but good to be back. Another, you know, week of baseball under our belts. A lot of games played. This has been a really fast season We're this is only our fourth episode of the year and some teams have already played more than half of their games. Yeah. When I was looking at the schedules, I go through and I find the games to watch every week. And I was like, Oh my God, it's like two weeks left in the season. Yeah. And not even, I, I, there was there two weeks left in the season starting this week, but I was like, that is crazy how fast this is going. Spring is always fast, but uh, this year for whatever reason, it feels even faster and, I think because we're enjoying it so much and we're so excited that these kids are out there playing and that it's just flying by. Um, yeah, I, I mean, the season did start a little later than it normally a little, does. Yeah. Um, like a couple of weeks. Because usually by, I think they were allowed to have their first practice on my birthday on March 27th. Um, yeah. And usually we're, I believe we're already starting games then. Um, maybe that weekend. So I think they usually like, start the, fir- the end of the first week of April, I think, you know, around there. Yeah, so usually we have a couple more episodes under our belt. So they're trying to get those 20 games in in a shorter period of time. Uh, you know, we're seeing a lot of teams playing three games a week. And can but, I say, I love what the ECC is doing. And they schedule it this way. where They have double headers, um, mostly on Saturdays. Uh, and it's a great way to get the two games in against one team because they're playing every team twice. Uh, so, you know, and there a couple have been on Fridays, but most of them have been Saturdays. You play at 11, you play at 1.30, and there's two of your games, bang, bang. Um, and I think as, you know, there have been a lot of things that have come out of this that I think are good. And I think this is a thing that's good. And I, I think more teams should think about doing this and playing these double headers on Saturday against your conference opponents. Like, it's awesome. It's a great day of baseball yeah. if you're up that way. The, the only thing... You don't always I play teams twice. Counters, yeah, you're only going to play teams twice in the regular season max. Um, so, you know, we were talking before the show about Hand and Amity, and a- Hand beat Amity earlier in the year, and they're going to... It's going to be a different Amity team that Hand plays. And it's going to be a different Hand team, you know, that, that sure. Amity's going to play, and it's going to be a different Amity team that Hand's going to play whenever they play later in the year. I have to look at the schedule. So like that kind of like kind of gets thrown out if you play them on one day and you just have a good day, you're going to take two wins. Um, and also there's not a lot of teams that have, uh, you know, <laughs> multiple pitchers. Um, it was funny. I was no, you got to put it, you got to piece it together. And it's the end of the week. So I know. Like, are some you of those second games of ECC double headers have been like 14, seven, 14, you know, whatever. But. Yeah, it was funny. I was talking to a coach uh, a couple of weeks ago and he was telling me about a game that they were playing and they won, and you know the the opposing coach told him after he's like, yeah, you know we went with our number four today. And I just looked at the coach. I was like, there's no way that that team has a four, and there's no way that any team in the state has a number four starting pitcher. I mean, you have them, but who, who you know what are they? You know, like 
Yeah, they're your number one guy out of the bullpen that you'd rather use right. to save a game that the number one or number two starts than start. Right, you're, you're basically going with a Johnny bullpen game. I mean, that's yeah. as, as a former Grange coach, Mike Moore, used to call it. I'd say, who started today? I said, Johnny bullpen. <laughs> <laughs> So we'll, we'll see what we'll see what happens. Yeah. Well, speaking <laughs> of the ECC, I, I I made that I made a real real big trek up to Killingly on Monday. Eleven and zero Killingly. Eleven and zero franchise program record. Eleven. That's and a, 0. it's fantastic up Killingly. there. Killingly, it's they're awesome. Ben uh, Ben Desanya is the uh, the coach. Uh, really young, and he got the job while he was still in college. Uh, obviously, didn't coach last year. But uh, that was a really fun practice. Uh, you know, I left my apartment in Hamden at like one o'clock to get there for like two thirty, and yeah. then I went Killing, to the wrong. There's field. no easy way to get to Killingly. No, God no. Uh, but it was well worth the trip. I'm walking in beautiful field. It's in a park, like a public park, uh, but yeah. it's really nice, really wide open. And I'm walking down, and there's blasting country music. Like they're having fun at their practice. There's a lot of energy going on there. Um, you know, Drew Daly's their assistant. He's the pitching coach for Ben. Uh, he just graduated Mitchell college last year. Like they're, they're young, they're youthful. They, they have a lot of fun and the kids really seem to respond. Obviously, you know, you can look at their record and say, yeah, they respond. They're 11 and zero. but you know, the kids, you talk to the guy was talking to the kids. I've talked to like four or five of them and they just love it. It's fun. It's upbeat. Um, they really have a good time. I uh, didn't get home till seven o'clock. Wow. Well, you can't uh, go to the quiet corner uh, out and back quickly. I mean, no, it, just... it was, it was a day trip. <laughs> yeah. It's a great part of the state though. Um, if you ever get out that way and uh, look, killing Lee's playing awesome. And, and I think that we're seeing that a lot, you know, of course we're seeing Sal and Jack and those guys win their, you know, 500, 250th games, whatever. But we're seeing a lot of young coaches in the leagues now and the kids really respond to it. They know how to make the game more fun for the kids. Um, not that the other older coaches don't, but they're more willing to, like you said, just like have music blasting. Like, let's play, let's have some fun, like whatever you're doing to like make things more interesting. You know, you talked about it last week with the Norwalk coach. Like those young coaches seem to relate to the kids, you know, really, really well. And you're seeing a lot of success for for coaches out of the gate. I mean. Maybe not eleven and zero, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it's awesome for Killingly, and I, I, we know they're excited out there. And I mean, the player you went to you went to talk to, Yurowski, is is one of the best in the state. Yeah, he's a Mitchell. He's a Mitchell College commit. His brother plays there. He's excited to go there. I was watching him take BP. He's one of those guys where there's the ball sounds different coming off his bat, yep. and uh, that's I didn't even get the same pitch. And his pitching numbers, uh, he hasn't allowed an earn run this year. Um, he's got, I think 50 strikeouts in 23 innings. Uh, you know, if you read the story, you'll see like his shortstop was like, it gets really boring playing behind him. <laughs> look, um, it, it, It's not just him. If you go look at Killingley's schedule, they've given up three runs twice, one run, one, two, three, four times. And the rest are shutouts. Yeah. That's insane. That is insane to have they that are- level of pitching. Everything is clicking there. And, you know, the Killingly Drive is something. That's why on Tuesday I went to Amity, which was like 13 minutes away. I was maybe at Amity for a total of like an hour yeah. uh, as opposed to like Killingly. Like I got there. I was like, I'm staying for the entire practice because I'm not going <laughs> to drive three hours <laughs> and stay there for 45 minutes. No. Um, but speaking of fun, like um, you know, Coach Coppola showed me they have like a breakfast. They call it like the breakfast ball, or the breakfast championship. 
and everyone's like split up into groups and it's four groups and they like play for points and they run like live BP and it gets really competitive. Um, so yeah. I was, I got to talk to some of the guys about that and I don't know if it's a baseball is becoming boring thing. Um, you know, I'm not one of those people. I love going to watch games is watching games on TV a little harder. Yeah, maybe. And that's the MLB. It's a little different, but like, you know, coaches are starting to incorporate these games and these things to keep it interesting, to keep it fun, to keep it competitive. You know, uh, Coach Coppola was like joking, like, I think some of these kids would rather win breakfast ball like that day than like win a game. Like, you know, obviously he's kidding because, you know, they obviously want to win every game, but it's just really, really fun to see these different things. And um, it's what well, I think they're realizing and the older coaches are, too, that you need to make practice competitive and you need to make practice fun baseball practice can be art it can be very boring if you're just standing around one kid's hitting and no one else is really doing anything yeah so to incorporate stuff like that we're doing it with our young kids like you make the practice fun you make it competitive but you're also doing things that are skills in the game that you need to learn um look the, the goal is to, to make baseball fun uh I, I still think mlb is fun i know that there are people that don't but Baseball is a fun, fun game, and the kids like to have fun. And, and I find that they can really balance the fun with being serious when they have to be serious and actually get down to playing the game. You know, like they're able to turn that switch on and off. And it's very – it's different than every other sport in, in that sense. You know, you don't see the fun, uh, maybe in softball, but you don't see the fun as much, you know, being pushed as, as you do in, in baseball and softball. It was another reason why we love it. Yeah. Absolutely. And it's, it's, it's a good time. And, you know, it, I haven't watched a full baseball game since the playoffs last year, uh, like a MLB game. Um, I just, you know, I'd rather throw the box score up on my computer while I'm working and like have a movie on. Um, but that's just me, you know. Yeah, I, 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 I disagree, but I'm a little love, older. Yeah. But I, I love going to games. I love going to Fenway. I love going to Yankee Stadium. Uh, City Field, like I, when I'm at the game, that atmosphere is awesome. Yeah, live baseball is is really awesome. Yeah. Can't wait to get back to Dunkin' Donuts Park this year. All yes. those places. Um, well, a couple of teams but, have been playing up there, so that that's pretty cool. That's right, including St. Paul. Uh, Your and boy, the kid, uh, our boy Izzo, who we, we again, like another kid that we're not even talking about, and this kid goes up to Dunkin' Donuts Park, hits a bomb out of that place. <laughs> And apparently he's had six home runs in the last three games. Uh, you know, he had three home runs in the game against Walcott. He had eight RBIs in that game. They, you know, they won nine one. Um, and then he goes to Dunkin' Donuts Park. I mean, that hitting a home run anywhere has got to be cool. But when you when you're in like a real stadium like that, I, I mean, that's got to be just so. Awesome I wouldn't know. <laughs> and I wouldn't, I wouldn't either, know either. But like, <laughs> I never even played in a stadium like that. I mean, never even saw a place like that. Um, so, I mean, shout out to, to Izzo, you know, he's getting, you know, obviously Ryan Daniels is, is the kid that we've talked about a lot up there, but they're a good team. You know, St. Paul's a good team. Um, and they're playing really, really well. And it takes more than one kid to, to be a good team. And, uh, if you have two mashers like that, and then, you know, I'm not even sure what else they have on that team, but obviously if, if you only lost one game so far, you're good. Um, so uh, it's. It's interesting, and we were talking about this before the show started too. Like, we're starting to see 
these kids who we haven't heard of because we didn't have a season last year. Yeah. Right? And not to harp on that every week, but it's true. We're like, you know, we knew about the Ryan Daniels of the world and the Juju Stevens and the Sebastian Holtz and, you know, all these, you know, the Frankie Mazzucatos. Like, we knew about them coming into the year because they did play as sophomores and right. Ryan Daniels as a freshman. But now we're looking around the state. All of a sudden, all these names are popping up consistently, and it's like, oh, shoot, like, you know, we need to keep an eye on them. And, you know, one of those teams is is Hand. Hand is number one, okay? They're undefeated. They're 10-0 and in the SEC. They're playing a very competitive schedule in the SEC. Um, I think their side of the SEC – is a little bit more competitive than the other side of the SEC right now. Um, you know, Hamden and Prep are the two best teams in the other side, and uh, they had a good game when they played, and that they're probably their best competition in that side. Um, yeah. But, you know, Hand is, you know, Amity and, and Shell, you know, if you have to play Anthony Steele, that's anyone's game, you know, regardless of Shelton's record. Um, and Hand is just winning, and, and Anthony DePino's out. Um, not sure if he's back yet, but – we're starting to see these names start to pop up. And one of those is Danny Weinstein. Uh, I saw Danny hit a home run against Amity. He's, he bats fourth. You know, it's not like he's, they don't have confidence in him. Like he bats fourth. He it's plays first. Better, yeah. um, he hits a home run against Amity. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. And then he just is popping up every game in the box score. Two for four, three for four, another home run. He hit the walk-off home run against West Haven when they were down 11 nothing. So that's a game where when you start to win games like that, that's when you start to say, I think we got a little something cooking here. Yeah. They were down 11, nothing. They were about to get run ruled. Like one more at bat, they didn't score. And they, that goes down as an 11, nothing loss in five innings for the number one team in the state. Instead, they rally scored 10 runs, get within one. And then I think West Haven scored one. And then Weinstein comes up and a walk off three run home run. That's special stuff. Yeah. Like, and that's, that's the thing. Like, <laughs> Hand, they are the number one team. I'm not knocking them with what I'm about to say. I'm surprised. I am. I don't, it's not, I'm not saying anything bad. They have a great coaching staff in Travis LaPointe and Kyle Hines. uh, And they Nick Marullo on their staff last year, who's now the head coach at, at Guilford. Like they have good coaches in that program. But just watching some of these games that they win, you're sitting there and you're like, okay, when's their luck going to run out? Right. But when you win championships, like teams that win championships, that luck doesn't go away. The Shelton game earlier last week that I talked about on the show, like they scored three runs to take the lead and didn't hit the ball. Like not didn't hit the ball out of the infield. They didn't hit the ball in that inning and they scored or to take the lead and they scored three runs to take the lead. Like, you know, we call that Pete, we call that grinding it out. Yeah, that's special. But that is, that is a special, there's something special going on there. I agree. And um, it's going to be really interesting to see how, you know, when we get to the, the, the conference tournament, the state tournament. But right now, I'm not betting against them in any game. Like you said, they were three outs away from being run ruled. And that's what's or, crazy about it. Yeah. And like they could have and probably should have lost to Shelton, but they found ways to win. And that's how you win championships. Yeah. And look, they're in class L. Uh, that's going to be a, a competitive class there. You know, you got. Schools like Barlow in there. You got Brookfield is playing well. Fitch, uh, Windsor, and Massick are both in there. Waterford. Um, no, Waterford's M. Oh, I thought you said M. Sorry. Uh, no, M is a whole other thing. I mean, M has like, I think there's five undefeated. It's Killingly East Catholic, Waterford Woodland, and Abbott. Abbott Tech, all undefeated. 
And then you have teams like Northwestern and HK and New Fairfield and Bacon and Weston and Plainville and Sheehan. Like, I am so excited for Class M. We're all, Class Double L is always awesome. Like, yeah. put that aside. Class M is going to be a sick, sick tournament this year. And I'm super excited for it. It's it's gonna be interesting to see how the bracket kind of comes out for M, like where they're gonna be ranked, and you know, do you want? Yeah, because it, it's it's all about when you get that ace, you know, and like, and then yeah. again, like you got St. Joe like lingering down there. I think they're you know they're, they're under five hundred, but if they they're get in that still tournament, they're St. Joe's, and they're, and they're gonna play well in the tournament like they always do. Um, but yeah, and the baseball tournament is we've talked about it a million times is very different the way that, it, um, the way that it lines up. So yeah, we'll see. Like you're not going to want to face East Catholic in the first round. Like that's it. You're not going to want to face Mazzucato in the first round. Or no, and if you're you know, playing, if you're playing new Fairfield, you're, you're not going to want to, you're not going to want to face Braden round. Quinn. Absolutely. No, in the not. first round. Absolutely not. If you're playing Killingly, you're not going to want to face Bo. So it no. comes down to it. And we've seen this happen before. Do you, if you're East Catholic and you get the number one, you know, you get the number one um, seed in Class yeah. M. Like, are you, you hold them back? Do you hold them back again? Yeah, I don't know. It's but quite, we that'll saw be that, but we, but the problem is when you run into teams like that, you don't know. Like, you got to know who's their number one, right? Yeah, we you, saw that with West Hill, and uh, we saw that with West Hill and Wilbur Cross two years ago. Yep. In the Double L tournament, Semmel didn't go. And Wainwright pitched an awesome game. Like we're not, you know, I'm not knocking Wainwright. He pitched an awesome game, but then they, but they lost. Yep. They lost. And, and to, Semmel never pitched. Marrero yeah. and Semmel never pitched. Like, do you really want to leave your ace in the barn when, you know, the season's on the line? It's very interesting. Yeah. And, and there's a lot of strategy decisions to be made. Uh, you know, we'll get to the state tournament, but. I'm ready. Every time, I look at, every time I look at the standings, I start getting excited about it. Cause I just, I do love. Let's say tournament. I wish it was more of like a double elimination or series type thing, like yeah. Legion does. But for this year, we'll if, leave that. We'll if, leave that argument alone. If they ever, I think this is the year where okay, let's get as many teams in. Like you know, they didn't yeah. get a year last year. Let's get as many teams in. All about it. But I really do, and I would love to have a serious conversation with the people who were in charge of this. And maybe we'll, and maybe we should have them on the show one week. Hey, we have a forum to have this conversation. Yeah. We do have a platform. <laughs> um, I would love to, to have a serious conversation. Let's cut the teams in half. Instead of 32, or if you win eight games or whatever, like let's cut it. Let's cut it in half and then have series. Do three game series. Do a doubleheader on a Saturday. You know, play on Friday and then do a doubleheader on Saturday. Yeah. Um, you know, let's do that. That's that I think would be better. And I think that would be more, we would get who the actual best teams in those uh, divisions are. And, but then you run into problems where you have an FCAC or an SCC team that plays really hard schedules during the regular season. And, we'll and make they're the going to win nine or 10 games and you're going to leave them out. So that's, so in this case, if you did that, St. Joe wouldn't be in, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, um, and I just use them as an example because they always do well in tournaments, no matter where they're seated. Well, yeah, because they're an M and I, I mean, look, Chavs and Bouge are, are great. And I think they're great coaches, but I, you know, you play an FCX schedule going to M is kind of like a step down, you know, in terms of competition, like depend again, depending on who you get, depending who you get and if it's at the top, you know? Yeah. But like, you know, they, they beat Wilkett in the championship two, two years ago 
was it Walkit? Yeah, it, it was Walkit. And like, yeah, they played double L teams all year. So yeah. going up against a team like Walkit, good. They had really good players on that team, but for them, it wasn't like playing Staples. You know, it wasn't like playing Ludlow or Ward, who they played twice during the regular season, or Greenwich. So that St. Joe's team was loaded. Yeah. I mean, they were so team, good. I, I think we that had team two... could have made a run in L or double L. I mean, they were good. Oh, easily. I mean, there was three kids on the, the from that team that made the first or second team all state. Mm-hmm. Like one kid got drafted early in the draft, Paolini, who actually made his first minor league start last night. They batted third. Pretty awesome. Uh, they got two kids because they got Matt Batten too, who was playing in the minors too right now. So speaking uh, of um, speaking of. Steve uh, uh, Paolini, uh, Dave Borges had UConn head coach Jim Penders on the podcast. Yes. On po- podcast. And yeah, I, I suggest everyone who likes baseball go listen to that. that one was an awesome interview. Penders, yeah, it, was, it really Penders was. is great, but he can't talk about specific commits, obviously, NCAA yeah, and yeah. all that. But he talked about the state of baseball in Connecticut in high schools, and he is – he recruits in state. He gets the best kids to stay in state. Not all the best kids, but a lot of them. And he said his quote, I'm going to paraphrase it because I don't have it in front of me. That's a great quote. Like, yeah. If I get, he goes, you know, I if UConn gets all the best players in Connecticut to stay, he goes, we would win national championships. Right, with just Connecticut kids. Yeah, and that's awesome. And that's I don't know if they'd win national championships, but they would be very competitive. And very, I don't know. They're He's already confident. Very and I think, you know, you look at it, you look at like Miles Langhorn, who's going to Vanderbilt, right? Scott from Barlow's going to Stanford. Those kids went to UConn or, you know, Paolini gets drafted. <laughs> like, I mean, you know, but if he went to UConn said, or Mike Burroughs from a couple of years ago, who was committed to go to UConn. Yeah. Um, I mean, oof. but anyway, you know, that's a little that's a little tease to Borges' podcast, uh, you know, help, help helping out the company. But it was where really can people, where can people find that podcast? Uh, they could find it on uh, any of the Hearst newspaper sites. It's in my Twitter feed. Um, it's on iTunes. Yeah, it's on iTunes. Uh, the Yukon Report. Yeah. Um, and Highly recommend that any baseball people go in and listen yeah. to that, especially if you're planning to play in college. Like, yeah. Really, it was good really, interview. really good interview. Yeah, it was great. I loved it. Um, Borg just did a good job. He, I mean, he's always great with the UConn stuff. And like you said, Penders was was awesome. Like, yeah, he was he was great. But you know, and he knows high school baseball in Connecticut. His kid is the starting catcher for East Catholic, Hank. And like Jim played at East Catholic. His dad was the coach. Like, you know, there's a lot of, you know. He knows high school baseball in Connecticut. He's not just talking because he works in Connecticut. Like he knows high school baseball in Connecticut and he goes to games. So, um, but it was a really good interview back to high school baseball. Um, That's still high school baseball. You know, not to, it's a crossover. It's a crossover. Yeah. yeah, We should have a crossover episode. I don't want to look too far ahead because I know it's only Wednesday, but next Monday's schedule features three top 10 matchups i think uh at least yeah right? i mean we have ward versus staples greenwich trumbull greenwich choice trumbull in the top 10 uh no but just on the cusp just on the cusp and then east catholic and southington yeah i'm gonna go to greenwich i know you're going to east catholic southington okay. uh and then we'll, we'll find someone to get to ward uh staples um yeah, it's a super Monday of, of games. It really uh, is. Um, I mean, I know Mazzucato's going for East Catholic. He pitches on Mondays. That's his thing. Uh, you know, uh, Coach Fiore keeps him on 
you know, his schedule. And so Monday he's going to pitch. Um, Southington it seems, like, five. it seems like Langhorn's on the same schedule for Grant. Yeah. So he's and I pitching think, Monday. and I think Kelsey is as well for Staples. So Carter Kelsey will probably get the ball for Staples. Maybe I'm wrong, but we're going <laughs> to, that's another kid that maybe we don't talk about as much. Uh, Carter Kelsey, the Seton Hall commit. Yeah, well, again, it's like <laughs> we talk about there's so many kids to talk about. But, yeah, again, this kid's going to play in the Big East. Uh, he's one of the best pitchers in the FCAC. Um, and uh, I got to get off the bus. Um, and, yeah, again, he's not getting lost in the shuffle. Like, we know about him. We, yeah. we're, we're following him. He's pitching awesome. I mean, he's got like a sub-1 ERA through however many games he's pitched. Pitch Austin again last week against Ridgefield. Um, so we're not forgetting about him by any means. But, yeah, there's just so many really, really good kids. And like you said, we're, we're picking up new kids all the time. Like every, every day a new box score comes in, a new tweet comes in, and you're like, what is going on? What's going on? <laughs> Who's this kid? He's got how many home runs? He's stuck out how many kids? He had three and home also, runs today, had nine RBIs. I'm looking them up. I'm like, who is this? And, like, you know, some of these are five-inning run rule games, which, you know, we'll put an asterisk by them. But we have a bunch of no-hitters, uh, a couple perfect games. Say, like, when, when whether you up, throw in five innings or not, if you're not letting up a hit in a high school game, that, that's impressive. Well, when I was at East Catholic, I was talking to Mazzucato and him and Quinn from New Fairfield talked and, and Garbowski because they're all going to UConn next year. Uh, and he's like, yeah, you know, I, I talked to them a lot. I was like, oh, like, did you see that um, – Quinn threw a perfect game yesterday. And he's like, what? No way. I'm like, yeah, I go, but it was only in five innings. So it doesn't really count. And he just looks at me and goes, no, it, it absolutely counts. He, <laughs> he threw counts. a perfect game. <laughs> Look, if you do it, you do it. Yeah, and well, if the game gets shortened, that's not your fault. Well, speaking um, of perfect games, let's, I think we need to give a shout out to the Bullard Havens freshman, Raymond Morales. Absolutely. That's their first win. Look, perfect games are really impressive. There's probably nothing harder to do in sports, in any sport, than throw a perfect game. Like, I had a conversation. There's so many things that go into it. Yeah, I had a conversation with someone, and it was like, what's harder, like throwing a perfect game or winning winning a major? And like, to win a major, you have to play well for four days, right? Or three out of four. Maybe we should get Morelli on to talk more golf, but. You have to be perfect for three hours. You know what I mean? Like, that's really hard to do. Uh, but what I think is more impressive, he threw 54 pitches and struck out 10 guys. It's nuts. That's it's nuts. insane. That's efficiency. It's 14 balls <laughs> for you non-math people out there. 14. That's Like, all- you just throw those, like, they're just waste pitches, like. Oh, two pitches you throw the dirt, like whatever. Like you're gonna throw more balls than that. But no, it's been incredible. And we've seen kids striking out 14, 15 kids over five innings. That's everyone. I mean, that's <laughs> they're not you're not gonna. I mean, like you said, some of these infielders might be getting a little bored at some of these games, but it, it, there's just been quality across the board. Pete and I are loving this season. Um, we're, we're gonna have a guest back on with us next week. Uh, you know, we just wanted to come on and kind of give like a mid-season thing here uh, this week um, because we've just been so impressed with with the kids and with the games and the quality of play. And you would never know that these kids missed a season. You would no. never know it. 
they, no. they, don't, they don't seem to miss a stride. And again, a lot of that's because they play and work in the offseason so much. But um, the quality of baseball has not been affected by the no, by we, the year off, at least we, in my opinion. Uh, Scott and I are already texting about the All-State team. Um, <laughs> that's what I do. And like I named like nine kids that I was like, yeah, these guys are first teamers. And then Scott named like nine other kids about these guys who were like half different. And we were like, what are we going to do? Like, this is going to be, this is going to be hard. It'll be tough. It'll be tough. Like, well, this kid only had one perfect game. This other kid had three perfect. (laughs) Yeah. If you only had one perfect game, you're going to make honorable mentions at this point. Yeah. He's only hitting 600 with five home runs, but sorry, your second teamer, buddy. Well, Which is crazy. It's crazy. crazy. I was talking to, to uh, Sal Capola yesterday. We were talking about like home runs. And he's like, I have three guys with four home runs. He goes, we've played nine games or 10 games, whatever they've played. And I think that is like the kids are better, but <gasps> they're focusing on hitting the ball far and, and, and put it in the air. I know. But the it's, new way they're, it's the, the way they're players, teaching the kids and the kids are able to do it. But the players that have come through Amity, the Winkles, uh, Jason Esposito, Vinny Siena, like these guys played either high level division one, minor Absolutely. league baseball, were high draft picks, will be high draft picks, even like, and like they didn't do this. <laughs> like, no. I think Pat Winkle, I think Pat Winkle may have had 10 his senior year. I could be wrong. He was right, a player of the year. Yeah. But even like Chad Knight last year. Chad, I think, had 10 or two years ago when he was our player. Something like year. that. Yeah. And that, and that seemed like a lot. Like they're halfway through the year. Amity could have three kids, and that doesn't include Mac Burke. <laughs> they could have three kids with eight or more home runs. And Mac Burke could probably have more home runs, but he seems more dedicated to hitting line drives. And he I just mean, I, don't know many, I don't know how many doubles or triples he has, but he's I, got I a mean, lot of extra base hits. Uh, I was showing you the numbers. Uh, he, I mean, he has, he's a great gap hitter. I mean, I, I, I've really been impressed with that kid. I mean, he's a junior, so I can't wait to see him next year. But he's still getting big, though. That's what he told what me. A, I mean, what a just beautiful swing that kid has. Yeah. I mean, he's in my opinion. He's 6'4, but you know, a strong wind might push him over. No, I'm kidding. We were, I don't we were think joking so. about he's that yesterday. <laughs> No, we were joking about it yesterday. He's no like, string bean, Pete. He's well, the, you know, him and Sebastian Holt stand next to each other. You know, Sebastian Holt is huge. Like, he is a monster power lefty bat. And then you got Max standing next to him who's, like, really tall and still growing. And uh, he's like, yeah, I put on 20 pounds this offseason. I was like, really, dude? Like, maybe, like, 20 more, maybe? Because, like, if he – I mean, you know, if, if, if he hit next year when he's a senior – that kid is going to be something. I, I took his photo. I took like a stand-up photo. I go, don't worry, Mac. I go, this is for uh, next year's 25 players to watch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll put him on the list now. Well, Sebastian Holt was like, you know, Pete, I'm not going to lie. Like, I was a little upset I wasn't on that list. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> I go, look. I go, Scott was given the love. Like, we went one per team. He's like, no, no, I understand. I go, but Scott texted me as soon as you hit the home run in the Wilbur Cross game. <laughs> He's like, oh, okay, like this kid. <laughs> both of them. Oh, yeah, I mean, all, th- all three of them. All three of them. Because yeah. Stevens is awesome. I mean, oh, like, Stevens is. And, that, and that's not even all they have. Like everything in that lineup was smashing line drives yeah. when I was up there. Like, yeah. I'll tell you, Jim okay. Stevens might be one of the quietest. Like not that we don't talk about him because we do. But like quietly, he might just be like the best, you know, 
fielder, you know, position player in the state. Like not a pitcher, fielder, two-way guy. He is just awesome. And he does it quietly. He does it with ease. And, you know, he doesn't, he's not a big, you know, at least not at games where I'm at a big rah-rah guy. Uh, you know, he's not all over social media, which is not a bad thing. He's just not one of those guys. And he's just quietly batting like over 500. You know, he's, he's got four home player. runs from the leadoff spot, plays amazing center field. Like, I mean, obviously there's a reason he's going to University of Missouri and might get drafted, but, you know, we just got to give him more shout outs. Way to go, Juju. <laughs> just got to get that out there. Uh, and way to go to everybody. I mean, you yes. guys are making this season really awesome for Pete and I and for yourselves. I mean, um, so Pete and I will be out at some games the rest of this week. Uh, I got some good ones on Friday uh, that we're going to. And then Monday, it's going to be awesome. And then we're heading into the home stretch, you know, final two weeks of the season. And then we're going to get conference tournaments and state tournaments. And it's only going to get better from here. So uh, thank you for listening to Pete and I today, you know, break down what's been happening a little bit. Uh, we'll have a guest with us back on next week. Uh, and we will be at games. So if you see us at a game, come say hello. We both love the chat. Both love to talk baseball. Um, so for Pete, I'm Scott. We'll see you next week on High and Tight. Later.